Welcome to Rushcast. I thought I'd change it up a little bit. Did you like it? I loved it. I had to do something different, I think, because it's you know it's been a while since we had an episode like this where I could do whatever I want. My name is Jay Mantis. Thank you very much for listening to our show, or downloading, or streaming, or whatever you're doing you're doing to listen to our show. Thank you very much for being here. I got my producer Kevin here. How you doing? Hey everybody, good to be back. Uh, I'm feeling good. They, uh, you brought me a giant coffee. I, I did. Really I brought that. him a coffee. I knew he'd be tired. Uh, it's a time of day when people are normally tired, 3 p.m. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the morning. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, the album series is over, and we're back to our usual format, and I'm excited about that because uh, it definitely requires more work on my end, but uh, it'll be worth it. We got a, a nice summer planned for you Rushcast listeners. I have some guests that I want to bring on, some hopefully some some people in the Rush world uh, are kind of in the works for getting them on the show, uh, you know, beyond just any uh, Rushcast listener or a Rush fan, uh, but some fans in addition as well. I want to thank Alec Pulianis for doing the show for me last week, and his guests, uh, Peter and Alice, made for a really cool show. Uh and I knew I always thought I could, you know, I can count on Alec, who's done a, a prog rock podcast mm-hmm. himself, to come on and do the show for me. He has the equipment, he know, has the know-how, and I think I, we might have him on later this summer as well, as I go away for a wedding. He doesn't know that. <laughs> I I was going to text him first, but now you better know, to reach out over the air. He'll know <laughs> a very in a very like indirect sort of way, right? Uh. But yeah, thanks for doing that. That really helped me out. Uh, this so this summer I have a few big things planned. Number one, everybody's been so we did the album series, and it was a big hit. It was it was kind of different than I thought it would be. It took us a few episodes to kind of get into a groove, but I think it was pretty successful. And everybody's been saying since December, let's do a live album series. And oh. I was like, uh, okay, sure, maybe. And the more people kept asking, and the more we went into the album series, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing an album, a live album series. I may, I may have even said that at some point. And then I watched, maybe a few months ago, I watched uh, Clockwork Angels live, or Time Machine, or one of, one of the more recent DVDs. And I thought, there's no way I can't cover it. Like, if I'm going to do Rushcast, I should... I, you know, once Rushcast is over, I, I don't want to look back at it and say, why didn't I... Like, I should have just covered everything I could think of. Right. And I think the live album series is crucial because when the band is, like, officially done, when there's no more Rush, and we know that for for sure, the live DVDs will be, or the live movies, I should say, will be the closest thing we have historically to to That's sort of a record of their time, yeah. Uh, like to, okay, well, to see them perform, we don't get to see them perform anymore. Right. This is the closest thing we have to reliving that, mm-hmm. you know. So that I think, you know, let's say ten years down the road and on throughout history for the rest of time, these DVDs, these movies will be the only thing we have to kind of recreate those moments. And that so so they're actually incredibly important. Whereas right now, I, I really don't. I buy them, I watch them, I love them but they're just kind of whatever to me now. Well, it's the kind of thing where like you don't appreciate something until you don't have until it. Until it's gone, right? Yeah, like yeah. right now I'm like, well, they'll, they'll be touring in a few years. <laughs> I'll just go see them then. Right. 
so I think we have to cover those. So we will be doing a live album series, and I think what we'll do is, you know, I want the summer to kind of do my show again. Mm-hmm. And in the, you know, when I go back to school in September, I think that's when we'll start the live album series. Obviously, it'll be shorter. There aren't as many live albums as there are studio albums, but I think that's a great idea. It's a great opportunity, too. It's sort of, you can explore uh, a lot of features. I know that, you know, those DVDs have, like, a lot of like extra bonus stuff. material, yeah, right, right, that, right. That'd be, like, an interesting flavor of stuff to get that's into. That's a good point. I hadn't actually hadn't considered that, especially with the newer, you know, as the technology improved and we were getting more space to put bonus material on these movies, there was a lot of, like, goofy outtakes or what, what have right, you. Right, right. Um, uh, so that'll be nice to explore as well. And obviously, the my fans, my listeners wanted it more than I did, so I, I'm sure I won't have any problem getting volunteers. So if you'd like to be on the album series, uh, I will. I promise I will have two slots for each album for each week. And uh, I do need you to pitch it to me, though. I don't, you know, because I'm gonna have I'm gonna have more than two people asking to be on uh, on each album. So I do I do need you to sort of like explain to me why you think you'd be good on the show, uh, more so than this is my favorite and whatever. I, I don't need to know when you got into the album or how. I, j- I just just let me know like what do you have something interesting to say about it? In a sense, does that make you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. everybody's a fan. Everybody listening here is a fan. But show show your unique take on yeah. this album. Yeah, in a sense, like. What what can you bring that's then uh, more interesting than just a normal fan? Additionally, the second thing I want to do this summer is a trivia series that's going to start. Oh, that's awesome! Much more uh, in the near, you know, in the near future. Not so much fall. Uh, and uh, we've been planning this since before we started the album series last year. We've been planning, so we've been uh, toying around with some different. I've been talking to correspondent Chad a bunch about what we can do. And how we can how we can run it because I want to do it like a competition sort of thing where you call in, you know, I'll say, at I'll give you a specific time and I'll make calls out to people and you'll all get a chance to be. We'll have you know twenty something I imagine uh, kind of contestants on the show at this on the same episode and we'll do I don't know four week rounds or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that'll Would be, be fun. like a tournament, like do like, like a, a tournament. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like having uh, <laughs> yeah. different tiers, That's like great. like a bracket sort of thing. Uh, we're trying, we're trying to organize the questions into hard, medium, whatever. We're we're toying around with different ideas. One of the ideas includes producer Kevin, and I already love it. I, <laughs> you think it's a good idea? I I do. I thought you would love it. <laughs> um, I won't say what yet, and I don't even think I've told you. I don't you, know what it is. But I have a, an idea to use Kevin on Rushcast uh, for one of the rounds. It'll be the Kevin round. I think, I, think, I think I'm piecing together <laughs> what it might be. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we'll just pit them against you. Perfect. I'll ask you the question. I'll ask them the question. Uh, secretly, they don't know. I know a lot about this stuff. We'll see. I know a lot about this stuff. So look for that. So I, what I need from you is to send me an email if you think you can participate in the live album series. Uh, and tell me specifically which album you're talking about. And also, if you want to be part of the trivia series, which I highly recommend, I'll take anyone who wants to be a part of it. Send me an email. Let me know you want in on the trivia series. That will start soon. So get those in. Lastly, I have a confession or a secret or a secret confession. 
to tell you guys I've had this confession. I've had this secret. 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 <laughs> well, I don't even know what that ever, that's a reference to. I don't remember. It sounds like SpongeBob. It is SpongeBob. It's uh, secret. <laughs> secret. Do you think the 45-year-olds that listen to Rushcast have any idea about SpongeBob references, though? Sometimes they squeak out. They might like, have kids. Sometimes they, they, might... I, they come out by accident, yeah. like right here. Right. Uh, We're maybe... stalling. We're stalling. <laughs> What's your secret? I'm not telling you the secret. I'm just saying this summer at some point I will reveal uh, to you my big confession. It's a that this is a radio tease, right? <laughs> Today at six, I'll tell you the secret word that you can <laughs> call in. Now, do I know? But this? I won't actually tell you. Until I know the secret. Right? You know this secret. You're okay. a big part of this secret, and um, I wanted to make it's worth sure. The wait. It's what? It's worth the wait. <laughs> it totally is. Uh, Kevin's part of it. It's a thing that I did or the thing that happened to me. It's Rush-related in a big way. The biggest, and I've hinted at it like maybe like a third episode in over a year ago. Uh, <laughs> so if you've been listening, <laughs> I did, you've been waiting since I, that third episode. I knew I had to be a bigger figure in the Rush world before I could say this because I knew if I said it, I knew if they knew the secret they wouldn't like me. But I think now people know who I am. They know I'm a good person, I hope. And they won't take offense to this secret. We'll see. You know what I mean? I do. If I was like, welcome to episode two of Rushcast, and by the way, here's a thing that happened, right. I don't now think they I, would like me. The way, the way you're talking about this, you're really setting this up. Unfortunately, you know, you're really giving these guys a tease. I mean, what am I? What am I proposing? That it's funny or that it's... Uh, you know, painful. <laughs> I think inherently it's funny. I, I I think enough time has passed that it's funny. Okay. Now I also have the reason I'm delaying, you know, giving away the secret is uh, I have a guest that is going to come on, who I think is very. He doesn't know it because he he sent me an email maybe half a year ago. Said, "Can I be on the show? Here's this thing I do that's relevant to Rush." And I said, "Absolutely." But you're gonna have to wait till the album series is over, and. Uh, I have something special planned for that episode. So he doesn't know it yet, but he's going to come on, and I'll break the news on that episode sometime wait. this summer, I, I promise. Wait. And you, you've got to be a part I, of this. I'll be on, I'll, for uh, sure. All right. Awesome. Imagine, and we'll talk, we'll talk later. We'll talk. We'll you talk. and I. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay, cool. Hey, guys. Uh, so I just have to interject quickly in the middle of this episode here. From here on out in the episode, there's a really annoying buzz that I'm noticing right now as I'm editing the show. Uh, I don't know why that happened, uh, but that's what I get for not wearing headphones for one episode. I would have picked that up and on, on any other normal day. So I apologize, it's my bad, uh, but uh, hopefully you can just ignore that for the rest of the episode and it won't be crucial to your listening enjoyment. Alright, here we go. So the album series is over. And as I reflect on everything we've done in the last few months, or the last half a year, everything we've talked about, I've had a bunch of big takeaways. I want to I talk about the big takeaways I had from the album series. Uh, each week we get done with the album and, I, or, and its respective episode, and I would have one, kind of a few things that I didn't really realize about the record, or, or more so, you know, I knew everything about the record musically, but more so a different viewpoint, a different perception of the album, maybe where it sits in the lineup, 
uh, or where, how, how songs interact with one another or whatever. Um, I don't remember them all. Maybe in, down the road when I go back and listen to, I revisit the album series, I'll remember each one. And, and looking back, I should have written them down. And when I get done recording and I'm on the way out of the studio, I would always be like, you know, that was a different way. I didn't really realize this about that record. Uh, I wish I had written those down. But So I've, I've got a list here of, of the biggest takeaways that I can remember just off the top of my head right now. The biggest things I learned... Uh, without going back and revisiting and remembering them all. So a lot of this is thanks to the awesome guests I had on. Um, they did a fantastic job. They took a big load off my shoulders. You know, it takes a lot to prep the episode, and it would have been a ton of work for me to do that by myself. So to have somebody on, like, you know, I'm, I'm prepping for the episode, and I'm going to school. I got a lot of schoolwork. I can't be on powerwindows.net. <laughs> reading every piece of literature written about every uh, every record, but the guests, all, most of my guests did that, or at least to some extent, and I really appreciate that. And some of the viewpoints that I have that I'm about to share with you came from guests as well, so thank you to those guys. Uh, I did these, I, I tried to do them chronologically. Uh, so A Farewell to Kings and Hemispheres, I remember we kind of talked about how the order of those two albums could be reversed and it would make more sense in a way so hemispheres is, is super proggy even the poppiest stuff on hemispheres the trees circumstances are still really really proggy the middle of the trees uh, kind of the structure of that whole song the mid the bridge of uh, circumstances is in 11 it's 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 insane it's it's proggy the riff is is really complex you know we're not talking about radio songs on hemispheres it makes sense in the lineage. We get the debut album, Fly By Night, definitely, obviously, a step forward. Aggressive Steel, even more intense. Uh, 20 with 12, a more mature, polished version of all that intensity, and still a step forward creatively. Uh, I don't need to pitch <laughs> 20 with 12 to you. I know that. Then we get A Farewell to Kings, and it's a more, again, mature, is the word I keep using, a more mature version of that intensity, but it also has these like pop songs sprinkled into it. Closer to the Heart, Madrigal, right? Cinderella Man. These are more predictable song structures, which gives us what we, you know, what I refer to as more uh, songs that are more likely to be heard on the radio or more radio friendly. Then, in a way, we kind of take a step backwards. We go back up to all the proggy stuff in Hemispheres. After Hemispheres, we get Permanent Waves, which is like this onslaught of, not an onslaught, but definitely the introduction into the rush of the future. From here on out, it's going to sound more like this, right? A, a bit more poppy. Spirit of the Radio has the word radio in it. Free Will was on the radio a bunch. Entrenew, these are songs that are more predictable structures and they're shorter in length. So it made more, I think it, it would have made more sense if they were the other way around, A Farewell to Kings and Hemispheres, because it would have sort of transitioned more smoothly into that uh, pop world that we're currently in with Rush and have been since Permanent Waves. And of course, Permanent Waves had a little taste of uh, of the, prog the progginess as well with Natural Science and Jacob's Ladder. Uh, and then we get to Moving Pictures and we strip that away just a little bit more. We just have the camera eye. So it was a natural transition except for these two, which seem to be kind of flipped. Now, I will say, if you remember, we talked about how it does make sense 
on the other hand, because we had, uh, wait, no, I guess I don't, I'm not sure what I'm saying now. I'm getting too confused. <laughs> we had 2112, which was pretty proggy. Um, it would make sense if it were flipped because hemispheres would have been, again, 2112 on steroids, right? Cygnus. And it, and it really doesn't make sense if we flipped them because we'd have Cygnus 2 into Cygnus 1. Maybe have like a, a fear trilogy thing going on there with them being backwards. But you, I think you get what I'm saying, whether you agree or disagree. Uh, but these are all in review. You've heard me say this before. Another point was that Grace Under Pressure is, we kind of learned, Grace Under Pressure is a standalone album. Like that album has legs. We are, I, we, <laughs> I considered it, I think correspondent Chad considered it, a bunch of listeners talked about how it was a transitional album. And the more we said that, the, the more we realized that kind of that's kind of demeaning towards an album to be like, eh, as a traditional album, or a transitional album, I mean. You know, that album was just there as a stepping stone to get to something awesome. And you know what? A lot of us love Signals. I know a lot of you love Signals. And a bunch of us, especially me, think Power Windows is the you know the top. Power Windows is incredible. So it was easy for us to be like, yeah, you know, like there's this thing in the middle. They did a little bit of signals. They did a little bit of Power Windows. But as we went through the, those couple of weeks where we covered those albums, it became apparent. No, there's a lot of good stuff on Grace Under Pressure. You could take that album in a vacuum and say this is fantastic music not to say any of us ever thought it wasn't but there there are definitely parts of it that i had overlooked and you know it's not a transitional album it 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 functions that way you know out of coincidence but it you know it's not that's not the only great thing about it you could take it in a vacuum and say this is this is fantastic so we have more love for grace under pressure now the other thing, it was a similar to my last point. We also kind of thought, you know, Signals might even be a smoother transition into Power Windows than Grace Under Pressure. Like, there, once we got, or uh, yeah, yeah, once we got to Power Windows, we realized, you know, there are some elements of Signals on this record more so than Grace Under Pressure in a way. There's a lot of Signals sounding things on Power Windows. But a lot of, you know, three great records. Uh, the lineage is the word I keep using, and the lineage is, in, is apparent in a, a lot of different parts of their um, discography. Then there's, as I looked back, I thought, there's still this huge, this great divide between, you know, if I were to split the discography in half somewhere, where would you put it? Where, If you had to say the biggest difference between two albums where you could say this is old Rush, this is newer Rush, where would you put that? And I, I've always thought this. And as we went through it, I, we went through the album series, I thought this might change, and it definitely didn't. It just strengthened my belief that the biggest, hugest, greatest divide is between Hold Your Fire and Presto. Like, what a change. It's the most difficult, I think, for me to find similarities between those albums, those two albums. Um, the lineage is not as apparent between, 
1987 and 1989. And for whatever reason, in my brain, I just think from Presto on, that was newer Rush. So Presto is the oldest new Rush, if you know what I mean. And Hold Your Fire is the newest old Rush. That's where it, I don't know if it's because the Spirit of Radio compilation ended at Hold Your Fire or whatever. You know, I never I heard Time Stand Still on the radio occasionally. I did not hear anything from Presto on the radio or Roll the Bones and so on until we got to like Snakes. But I mean, I wasn't around at that. I was a little baby when those albums were coming out. But um, for whatever reason, that's where the big divide is for me. That's when their sound changed the most, even like more so than Hemispheres into Permanent Waves. Like there's just a divide there for some reason for me. Another thing I took from the album series was that Roll the Bones is full of great tracks. Roll the Bones is extreme, was extremely underrated for me. I rated it higher than Presto. I think they're sister albums. And I knew there were great tracks. But the album as a whole really stands up, and I think it, aged, it has aged well. For example, we get the track Roll the Bones on the R40 tour, and the band admitted it. We realized it when we heard it. This song actually aged really nicely. <laughs> and um, we've heard Getty say if, in a few interviews as of late that, you know, the tracks on Roll the Bones are actually really strong. And um, when we inject them with, this is me now, when we inject these songs with new life, meaning our new sound, our, our current Rush sound and new technology and... Uh, you know, a better, a better rush sonically. When we play these songs now, they sound fantastic. Look at the difference between Dreamline on the record and live. That's why we've heard Dreamline so often. Uh, Bravado is a song that they always go to for one of their favor as one of their favorites. They play it live often. Clearly, Roll the Bones is a track that they've uh, they enjoy now, maybe more so than before. Uh, Where's My Thing was played recently. The whole back half has a different feel, but it's there's still great tracks. Uh, I just, in general, I thought, man, Roll the Bones is a better record than I always thought it was. And it's aging. I, could, I think I could argue it's aging the best of any album post-Power Windows in a weird way. Because a lot of those synth sounds didn't don't age well, but... Um, I don't know. And the other thing, obviously, is let's talk about Face Up, which I, I argued was maybe the most underrated or most hated Rush song, and I didn't understand why. Um, but I did uh, I did a Twitter poll before that episode, and I said, uh, which, which do you hate more? Like, what, if you had to pick one of these songs as the better song, which would it be? Face Up and Dog Years. And good thing for face up is you guys hate dog years more <laughs> it's it's a bad song everyone hated face up face up this face up that oh but n it's not worse than dog years <laughs> everyone's got something to say about dog years so maybe and maybe taishan is behind it so we'll, we'll say maybe it's the third hated uh most hated rush song this is you not me i'm not taking any of those three songs as the worst rush songs You know, Victor was another album that was extremely underrated for me. Once, once I got to this episode, uh, 
and I think a lot of this is due to Brandon Dyke and his ability to kind of persuade me and show me what I'm missing. I was missing in that music. Uh, there's a lot of good material on there. It's just sometimes you need somebody to say, you need to sit down and listen to this. You, like, or like, you listen to an album and it's not your favorite. You need a friend to go, hey, this track was really cool. This track really resonated with me. And for whatever reason, that's all it takes sometimes. And, you know, Brandon Dyke said, here's why these tracks are great. And I listened to that record the week after some more. and thought, yeah, he's right. There's a lot of stuff I was missing in the, on this record. Another thing I noticed looking back was, and maybe you noticed too, the, the length of each episode increased gradually as we went deeper and deeper and further into their discography. Our, our episodes were getting beefier. And I think there's a reason for that. We didn't do it consciously, but I think there was just more to say as we went into the newer material. So as we went into newer Rush albums, it was clear the albums were longer they're deep the music is deeper they're more mature in a way there's more to talk about there's more to talk about with each album so i think the fact that our albums grew or i'm sorry our episodes grew in length as we went closer and closer to the present that is representative of the maturity and how uh, the obviously the albums had more music on them as we get closer to now um, but i think that says something for those albums each new album had more to talk about. They were more mature and deeper records. That was a cool, a nice like visual. And the, and then you know we have our Juggernaut episode, far and away the longest uh, episode for Vapor Trails. Um, I think it was right at two hours, and we didn't even mean for it to be that long. It just happened. Uh, I think that's extremely representative of what I've been arguing for a long time, that that album has, you know, lyrically, obviously, has a lot to talk about. Then we have, unlike any other album, two versions of the whole record, which gives us more to talk about. It was essentially our third ep full episode we devoted to that album, and the other two were extremely long as well. I don't think you can argue that that uh, that that album has, you know, it, it's just a it's a very deep and it's a very um, emotional album. So the fact that we did two hours on it shows us that hey, there's a lot to say here, and that it's a fantastic album. If there were a lot, if there's an album where there's a a lot to say about it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a a great album, but I think in this case it does. In this case, yeah, there's a lot to talk about, but we wouldn't be talking about it for two hours if we didn't like it. What I'm saying is uh, Vapor Trails is extremely under... It was, it's underrated for some people, and I think those people should give it more attention. Give it a shot. Uh, lastly, feedback, which I was reluctant to include, but again, we should just include everything. I want to cover everything on Rushcast. Um... It was, in, I mean, it forced me to listen to it, which I really hadn't done prior. I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as a, an album of original Rush material. However, the most interesting thing I took away from it was that it contributed to the growth of the band. Uh, obviously, you got to imagine that's in there somewhere, but 
it was pretty obvious to me once I had given it a few listens all the way through. Uh, it showcased it showcased the new-ish bass tone that we had heard on Vapor Trails. Well, it was on Vapor Trails, but we didn't necessarily hear it very clearly. So now we get feedback. The second um, the second new mate- bit of new material that we have after the break. And feedback's crystal clear. It's got great sound, unlike Vapor Trails. And we get to really hear clearly this new bass tone that we're, we get to hear showcased in every album since. Um, so that was a cool taste of, of the future, which we had on Vapor Trails. You just couldn't hear it. It was too blurry in a way. We also saw Alex returning to a more classic style of playing, um, more of a classic rock sort of vibe. Uh, Vapor Trails was pretty revolutionary, in my opinion, in the world of electric guitar. He was pushing boundaries. We all know Getty's playing more chords. Alex is doing different things because of that. So in feedback, we get to see him playing, in a way, closer to what the debut album was. A more classic rock sort of setting. And um, definitely, uh, you know, Offset, with it being adjacent to Vapor Trails, it's a pretty cool um, comparison like that. And the biggest thing from va- from feedback, the use of acoustic guitars. So this sets as a, this sits as a transitional sort of effect from Vapor Trails, which featured very little acoustic and all that loud sound, into the next record of originals snakes and arrows which featured acoustic guitar more so than maybe any other album i guess maybe some of those 80s albums had acoustic guitar in the actual recordings but uh, snakes and arrows definitely featured it as a primary instrument and before i had listened to feedback a bunch i thought it was just this drastic change but it turns out it's not so drastic because the uh the use on feedback So I'm forgetting a few, but uh, th- those are the ones I remember just, just as I was planning for the episode. And I'm sure through the summer I'll remember some more. Uh, if you've got big takeaways, we'll make that sort of like a quasi-digital dis- discussion. Uh, send us an email, rushcast2112 at gmail.com, and tell me what your biggest takeaway from the album series was, and we'll share next episode. Just a reminder, you can always send me short, like one-minute audio clips that we've done in the past. Uh, and your, use your smartphone. You can you can you know, use several different apps to uh, to re- like voice recorders. There's a bunch of free apps, um, and you can record yourself talking like I am right now, and save it as an audio file and just send it to me in an email if you want you know your voice on the show without actually having to call in. Uh, for me to react to or respond to that'd be great we always welcome those kinds of um, additions to the show cool opportunity I think for you guys to interact with uh, with me and each other so we are going to do an official digital discussion as well we haven't done one in forever it's going to be so exciting we've talked about it a bunch or I've talked about it a bunch, and uh, we had got time to get to it. 
before the album series. And people have been like kind of asking me since, hey, let's go do this. Uh, we want to make, we want to actually contribute and, and talk about it. So here are my 15 tracks that I use, my rush tracks for my sleep playlist. Send me your 15 songs, 15 max, 15 or under um, songs that you go to sleep to. And the most fascinating part for me is that these are songs that they're, they're I don't think a normal listener, someone who's not a huge fan, would, could go to sleep to these. They're not necessarily songs that make you sleepy across the board. They're just songs that kind of like put me in a space that it's easy to go to sleep with. You know, maybe this song reminds me of something or reminds me of a, mostly like settings, like a certain weather image or, 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 you know, a night, maybe it's nighttime, maybe it's a, it puts me in a mood, right? based on past experiences. So number one on every playlist I have that sleep is Speed of Love, definitely. Uh, it puts me in a great setting and a great frame of mind to go to sleep. Everyday Glory from the same album. Bravado, definitely, that's a, speaks for itself for going to sleep. Time Stand Still, Resist from Tess for Echo, absolutely. Uh, two from my favorite headache, Still and it. Uh, the Angels Share. I love going to sleep to those two. A couple more from Tess for Echo. Color of Right and Totem. You Bet Your Life for sure. I don't know what it is about You Bet Your Life, but I, lo- um, I love having that on my sleep playlist. A uh, big chunk of Hold Your Fire. We already had Time Stand Still, but High Water, definitely. Open Secrets, Second Nature, and wait for it, Taishan. Or Taishan, I don't know how to say it correctly. Taishan is always on my sleep playlist. It's, I think, the best use of that song. And I've defended it, so don't give me any crap for that. Tears from 2112, recently discovered in a way, but a really, really good song to go to sleep to. I think that's one a casual fan could listen to and, and say, yeah, this is a sleepy song for sure. And I do have a 16th. Uh, but you're not going to have 16. Just send me 15, please. But uh, Ghost Rider, definitely the, especially the uh, the remixed version, I think is a, a fun one to get in a sleepy mood too. So that's it. I want to hear what songs you like to have on your playlist. You know, a lot of people play music as they're going to sleep. Some people can't stand that, and they can't. Uh, you know, it doesn't happen. But if you were to have one, if you were to have a playlist to go to sleep to, what would you have for Rush? Send me your emails. I'll share them on the show. And we'll get back into the routine here. But this summer will be fun. Live album series in the fall. Trivia series coming up here soon. And my big secret, that big secret confession that... uh, I hope you'll enjoy. I don't think you'll be too mad at me. All right. See you guys soon.